Thank you for joining us as we elevate the Black entrepreneur experience by interviewing CEOs, thought leaders, innovative thinkers, and Black entrepreneurs across the globe. I'm your host, Dr. Frances Richards. Our next guest is founder and CEO of 37 Oaks. She's equipping entrepreneurs with the information, wisdom, and even the retail space to make mistakes and grow from them. Welcome to Rand Smith. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm so excited to be here and, and thank you for this opportunity. I give our audience such a brief bio. Why don't you fill in the gaps and share with our audience what you'd like them to know about you and your business? Sure. Well, um, 37 Oaks is a commerce development and learning laboratory. So we work specifically with product-based businesses, ones that are growing. They've, they haven't been um, in the startup stage right now. They're kind of growing their business and they're trying to get it to that next level. And we're helping them grow through either e-commerce, wholesale, storefronts, and pop-ups. So all the different ways that they can get their products out there, we're here to educate and prepare them on how to do that best. About that aha moment when you knew that your business was going to be successful. I think um, when I think the aha moment was more when I was talking to businesses and I realized that we were actually filling a void or a niche that was not out there. It was something that they didn't have access to. We were we were filling a need that they had and. Because we had been very empathetic and like observant to the needs of these business owners, we were able to come up with solutions that I, and the way that we put those solutions out, I think were unique. And it was something that they really needed. And I think the more I kept hearing the testimonials and the impact that we were having on this diverse group of businesses, that let me know that we actually had something and that we had to keep moving forward. Talk to our audience about the Federal Express e-commerce learning lab. Yes. So many of the businesses that we worked with, um, like we said, product based businesses, uh, when the COVID-19 pandemic hit, many of them were used to selling their products either at pop up festivals or markets. Um, they were used to selling it in maybe storefronts or possibly at wholesale in some sort of fashion. They may have been doing some work on e-commerce, but not enough for them to really pivot their business strongly online when the pandemic happened. So um, around that time, that was when um, FedEx and Axion Opportunity Fund were looking for ways to invest in small businesses and help them actually grow throughout the pandemic. I mean, there were so many unknowns. It was so much uncertainty, didn't know what was going to happen. And of course, small business have a tremendous impact on our communities and our economy. So as they um, came together and developed the FedEx e-commerce learning lab, it was really to help these businesses grow and strengthen their e-commerce operations. So that's where 37 Oaks came in as more as a facilitator of this program because we had had our Sacconi program running for a while and this was a really great opportunity for all of us to come together to help these entrepreneurs through that tough time. Fill in the blank. Thank you, pandemic, because. Thank you, pandemic, because I believe that it helped to bring some knowledge to our business owners that they needed to diversify. Um, I think when smaller businesses, when we're thinking about running our business and starting our business, we tend to have an idea of what that looks like. And part of the goal at 37 Oaks is to help them think about the different ways that they can diversify storefronts, e-commerce, pop-ups, wholesale, all these different things. And I think when the pandemic hit, although it was unfortunate, it kind of made our business owners realize that they had to think more than just selling into one channel. So it was tough. It was a tough lesson to learn, of course, but I'm happy that now they're seeing the benefits of diversifying their business, which means that they're going to grow and reach more audiences as well. Talk to the audience about recession proof your retail business. Yes. So, um, you know, there's been a lot going on, should we say, and put it, putting it very lightly over the past couple months and past couple years, especially when it comes to small businesses. And we just got out of, you know, and I don't want to say got out of, but we just I've navigated through the COVID-19 pandemic. And now we have record high inflations. We have supply chain issues. There's just a lot of things going on. And I think one of the important things about recession proofing our business is to make sure that we are nimble enough 
and educated enough to navigate through it. I don't know if there's really a complete recession proof, like we could totally avoid it, but we can definitely have the tools and the education and the resources to learn how to be flexible. So as things come up, we know how to respond to it. So a lot of that is going to be on the, the financial side, like lowering our cost of goods and being more um, tight when it comes to managing our funds, um, learning new ways to sell to customers because their perspective is going to change how they shop, where they shop, how much money they have to shop, how we market to them is going to be changing. So there's a lot of things that's going to change and be different than the past couple of years. So I think if we're able to just be nimble and accumulate that information, that's going to help them just navigate through it. So let's talk about financing your business. How did you raise capital if to finance your business? Well, um, a lot of my growth in the financing of the business was really through profits. Um, I didn't have any investors. I still don't have any investors. Um, I didn't take out any loans. Um, I didn't need to, at least in the earlier stages of my business. A lot of what I did was I felt like I had to look at the assets that I did have within my business and make them work, work hard so that they could generate profits so I could reinvest that back into the business. Um, a lot of that profit came from, you know, selling, I guess you could say, or closing accounts or closing deals. Um, but then also for reducing my costs. I learned to be very, very lean when it comes to the operational costs of the business. And of course, all of that contributes to the profit. So when it comes to growing 37 Oaks, it has been purely just managing the, the finances so that I could use the profits to do so. Who is your ideal client? Well, our ideal client um, are actually organizations like Axion Opportunity Fund, um, FedEx, um, companies that are looking to invest in small businesses because they understand the impact that they have on our local economies or our, our national economy. Um, a lot of things that we do at 37 Oaks have an economic development factor to it. So it's not just about teaching courses. It's not just about one-on-one -on -one coaching. It's not just about our e-commerce marketplace. It's about really empowering these businesses so that they can continue to grow and have the impact on their communities. So our partners that we work with to deliver our programs and deliver our platforms really share that same philosophy. And they're looking to invest in these businesses because of those outcomes. So that tends to be things like uh, financial institutions or um, municipalities, um, maybe even real estate development companies, uh, incubators, accelerators, um, those economic development organizations, but anyone who pretty much is supporting a group of businesses to help them grow. We want to thank our audience for joining us. And if you have a question for Taran, let us know and we will um, definitely let you chime in. So we appreciate you for that. So let's talk about, um, you were talking about inflation and the alleged recession, the pandemic. It is a lot going on. Is this a good time for people to start a business? I think it's a great time to start a business. Um, I don't know if there's ever really a perfect time, honestly, to start one, but I think now is a good time to start because there's a lot of opportunity. I think because of the COVID-19 pandemic and the impact it's had on the world, let alone the United States, and the impact it's had on people, I think a lot of opportunities and needs have been uncovered. And then that's been connecting to a lot of talents and, and hobbies that people have had to fill those needs. So now is just as good a time as ever to start uh, what, you know, of course, the way you start now or during a alleged recession or possible re recession is going to be different than maybe how you start in a boom, for example. But the point of just getting up and getting started and doing something and just putting your toe in the water and just starting to understand your market and your customer, I think it's a perfect time to do that because you'll learn a lot and then eventually you'll have the, the resources to grow. What is the one thing that you are doing that is impacting people's lives daily? The one thing that we're doing to impact people's lives daily, I think, is not only giving the, the educational side of what they have to grow to do to grow their business, 
but also on the, I'll say the mental side or the, the psychological side. Like a lot of what we do, as I mentioned, we teach courses. These are courses that are on specific skills of like e-commerce and wholesale. Like there's a, there's a language to those specific ways of selling your business. And that's what we, we do. But then there's also a, um, a mental or a psychological or um, a mind shift side that has to happen at the same time. And I think marrying those two is something unique that I've seen that we've been able to do that's been able to help the businesses go from taking their idea from a hobby to you know, the, the growth stage. And that's not something that I've seen a lot of. And in order to, um, you know, in order to do that, we're, you know, working with these businesses and we're seeing the impacts on a day-to-day basis. Even if it's something as simple as, you know what, I, I can make it, I can do this business. Um, I can not only do this business, but I can be profitable with it. Or I now have a vantage point of growing my business beyond my block or beyond my neighborhood. It's not just a a local business anymore. I'm looking at it as a regional or even a national or international business. So those little comments that I'll hear from our business owners on a daily basis is letting us know that we're, we're changing their lives slowly, but surely. Talk about mental wellness and managing a business. Mm, That's important. (laughs) It's very important. And, And honestly, I'll say it's tough. Um, you know, some of the business owners that we work with, they have support. Um, they may have mentors in their community or their family. They may have grown up around um, entrepreneurs, so they have a sense of what this process looks like. They may have funds to tap into, um, but some don't. Some don't have any of that. And um, so when we're talking about mental wellness, I mean, we're also talking about like the personal side and managing the personal side in addition to the business side. And it's not easy um, also this business or whatever business they have, that could be their, their sole income. That could be what they're using to, you know, pay the bills. And sometimes if things aren't progressing for them, that could be tough for them on the, the mental wellness side. So there are realities of, you know, we have to try to balance that as much as possible and to focus on our mental wellness. But also there's a side of it where it's not as easy. And sometimes you have to make a deliberate effort to breathe <laughs> or to rest or to, um, you know, meditate or pray or whatever it is that you do to try to um, just work throughout this this entrepreneurial journey. But it's definitely important because we can't just focus on the business and not ourselves because our business is only going to be as good as as we are. And what does self-care look like to Tarand? Now it looks different (laughs) than it did. Um, 37 Oaks is seven years. So I've been through quite a few things over the past seven years in different business stages. And I will say in the first probably um, four years, I did not practice self-care. I'm a single mom. So, you know, I had to raise a daughter and 37 Oaks was my, my baby or my other baby. And that was my sole form of income for our family. So this, I always used to say, if I didn't kill it, I didn't eat it. So, or we didn't eat it. So it was really tough to take time to um, relax because I felt this sense of, I wasn't pushing the business forward. I wasn't bringing in the funds. I wasn't growing the business the way that I needed to. Right, wrong, or indifferent, that was my mentality because there was a sense of urgency to get things to a certain space. But uh, believe me, I had a lot of people in my ear saying that that was not healthy. And I think that that was helping because eventually they started to say, rest, (laughs) take a nap. Um, You know, don't get up in the middle of the night and sleep. Um, Close down the laptop for the weekend. Go out to dinner. (laughs) You know, ride your bike. Go, you know, work out. So now all of those things I am doing so I can actually relax and, you know, not feel stressed or the anxiety that entrepreneurship just typically brings. Um, But I am able to relax and just breathe and shut down a little bit and focus more on non-work things. And that helps me to, I'll say, balance or to navigate. Talk about motherhood and managing your business. That's the challenge, um, especially when you're a single mom. because you may not necessarily have the the network around to support. So everything's pretty much falling on you, but you do learn how to deal with it. Um, you know, I'm a mother first. I mean, 37 Oaks, this is, this is my, 
my heart and my other baby, but I am a mother first. So I had to make sure that I was not neglecting my daughter for the sake of the business, even though, again, this was a sole form of income and this is how, you know, we were living and surviving. I had to be a mother first because there's certain things with um, children that, you know, when they experience that, they're going to remember that for the rest of their lives. It's not just for that moment. So you have to make sure you're there to do the homework or take them bike riding or go on a short vacation or watch a movie with them. So um, I'm not saying that any of this is easy. Managing that and juggling that is not easy, but it is something that you have to have a deliberate effort um, to do because they are your, your children and your responsibility and you have to grow and cultivate them so that they can be successful in their own way as they grow older. We want to thank the audience again for joining us. And if they have a question for Taran, just let us know. Talk about naming the business 37 Oaks and why. Mm, Yes, that's a good question. I get that quite a bit. Um, When I first started my business, I did not plan to be an entrepreneur. I didn't plan to do what I'm doing. Like none of this really was a plan. Um, But I have a passion for business. I I say sometimes I could business anything. So when um, I started to figure out what I was going to do, um, I didn't have a name for the company. I I, I think I was just a, what do you call a sole proprietor, like Taran Smith. I was just doing business as Taran Smith. And as I started to fill out that there was a market or what direction I was going to go, I realized I needed to have something brandable. Taran Smith is not brandable. So um, I was spending a lot of time trying to figure out what could the brandable name be? What's something that would be interesting or represent what it is that I was doing? And um, once I got to the point where I felt like I was spending too much time, I said, well, today I am not going to bed until I have a name and I need to have a name that's brandable, something I could use in marketing purposes and just put out there in the market. So I happened to come across a video on Facebook. It was um, the oldest oak tree in the United States. It was in, um, I believe it's South Carolina. And I love nature. I love trees. And I started doing research on trees and um, oak trees specifically. The thing that I loved about them is that they represented confidence, resilience. They represented wisdom, but also that when you look at how big an oak tree can get, it's colossal. And they've been around for like a long time. But all of that strength and all of that wisdom started from a small little acorn. So when you look at an acorn, you never realize how much potential is going to be in that. Of course, when you see an oak tree, then you realize it. And I started to think about the business owners that I work with kind of fit that same philosophy. So because I work with businesses that are in that late startup to early growth stage, they're not quite there. They haven't matured yet. They're getting to that point of maturity, but they're not there. So I look at them as having uh, or as being an acorn with a lot of potential and as part of 37 Oaks role and my role to cultivate that so that they could become an, uh, an oak tree. So that's where the oaks part of it came into play. And then um, because I look at what we do as not just a passion and a purpose, but somewhat of a ministry, I wanted to make the business really personal to myself. So my birthday is March 7th, which is 3-7. And uh, I wanted to add that to 37 and Oaks to make the name of the company because I felt like it just really represented and encompassed everything that I wanted it to. That's brilliant. Thanks for sharing. What is your zone of genius? Hmm, That's a great question. My zone of genius... um, And I'm starting to learn this, I think, through entrepreneurship and through this business and growing it the way that it's been growing. I think there's an element of empathy there that I'm able to find out how to use that empathy for, let's say, a business owner, for example, and really understand where they are and help them optimize whatever it is that they have so that they can grow. Um, I didn't realize this. It wasn't something I would have said, you know, five or seven years ago that that's what my you know, zone of genius is. But it's something that I'm learning that, you know, a lot of these businesses, like I said, they're the acorn and they have this potential, but oftentimes they don't see it. So as I'm listening to them and I'm putting myself in their shoes and I'm hearing where they really are and I'm observing and I'm listening, um, I'm able to extract that or help them extract that so that they could then optimize that and make that productive. So um 
I love it because I'm able to, of course, help them, but it's not something I realized that I did well until I started doing it. Take us on a journey. Um, I'm a client and I come to 37 Oaks. Take us on a journey of the experience that I will have. Mm-hmm. Well, typically, um, the business owners that we work with are coming because of, they're, again, they're trying to figure out how they want to grow, how they want to go into e-commerce, like what we're doing with the FedEx um, e-commerce learning lab and with AOF or how they want to maybe get their products into Target or Walmart or how they want to maybe focus on growing through pop-ups or maybe they want to open a storefront. So oftentimes when they come to us, they just don't know. They may have had some experience in some of those channels, but they're just trying to figure it out like all of us are. So typically they would come and join our 37 Oaks community because here is a place where they can interact just on their own, just for free with other business owners. They can watch some of the free um, interviews we have with experts. They could read blogs, they could read uh, resource guides. There's just a lot of information that could help them kind of narrow their scope a little bit. Uh, but usually after they go through that point, now it's kind of time to like dig into education. So they get a sense of where they wanna go. Now it's time for them to watch or be involved in programming that's related to e-commerce or wholesale or storefronts or pop-ups. And that's where they get to be a part of classes and courses with entrepreneurs that share the similar type of mentality that they, um, that they have or the mindset or the stage that they're in. And they'll learn about those topics that's needed for them to grow within those different areas. And then after they um, kind of take a series of courses and maybe some one-on-one coaching, Typically, they will then be a part of the SaconiShop.com, which is the marketplace. And this is what we have right now, um, of course, in collaboration again with FedEx and AOF, where there's a series of businesses that have their products on there and they're selling their products and they're learning from each of their sale. They're learning um, how customers are responding. Do their product descriptions work? Are they effective? Are their price points working? Um, they're also learning on the back end about inventory management and about um, logistics and how to ship their products in a way where they don't break in transit um, and how to manage their inventory so that they have enough for SaconiShop.com in addition to whatever other channels they're selling through. So we want them to first get this community. We then want them to get the education through the courses and the coaching. And then we want them to apply the learnings on SaconiShop.com. So those three different phases is typically the experience that the business owners will go through. So then afterwards, they have just a few things in their arsenal to help them grow beyond where they were when they first came in. What can we do right now to support 37 Oaks and the businesses that you are supporting? The biggest thing right now is to support their growth on SaconiShop.com. Right now, we have over um, about 100 business owners all across the country that are in the, the FedEx e-commerce learning lab. And those businesses are on SaconiShop.com. We have products from pet products to um, food and beverages to home decor. And uh, there's journals and candles and sauces and spices. I mean, there's so many great, innovative, amazing products there from small businesses. And again, each time someone places an order, they learn something about their business, which I think is the best part because we share that data with them. So anyone who's listening, anyone who wants to support those businesses, it's just SaconiShop.com. That's the best way right now that you can, you can um, support them. Taran, what problem exists in the world today that you would like to solve? I would love to have, ideally, <laughs> lofty goal, but um, I would love to have, have more of these small businesses really break through from that startup to growth stage. I think um, there's a lot riding on our communities and even our economy relative to small businesses. And I think we know that, um, 
but there's a certain level of support that's needed for them. And I think if we don't get there, then we're not going to see our economies flourish as much. And that could even be down to the community level. Um, some of the communities that these business owners are in, there aren't a lot of retail stores. There aren't a lot of ways for them to get access to products. So sometimes these small business owners could be the only source of certain products that are in those communities. So for me, the, the need out there or the goal is to help these businesses kind of sell beyond their block, as we say, so that they can have the impact not only on the communities, but also on their families, maybe creating generational wealth or opening up storefronts. So they're creating jobs in the community. So it's, it's really about helping them grow and get out of that um, stuck st stage. I see a lot of businesses just get stuck in that early startup space stage. And that's something that I'm really fighting to get more business out of because that's where we're going to start to see the, the impact on our economy. Advice we wish you had followed. Advice I wish I would have had followed was to relax and have some level of self-care in the first four years of growing my business. Um, I, like I said, I, a lot of people were telling me I just needed to breathe and just relax and just kind of find some balance. And I fought against that at first. Um, it took me a while to not, but I think I would have been more mentally like just um, at peace in order to navigate through some of the craziness that comes with entrepreneurship, especially in those earlier stage. So I think I, it would have been good to kind of listen and actually do a little bit more of that in the earlier stages. Let's talk about the most costly lesson you have learned in life or business. You know, that's a really good question <clears throat> because um, I don't think I can really point one out and possibly that's not a good thing um, when it comes to business and, you know, I'll say costly, whether it's financial or, or not, I, I tend to be very conservative in the early stages until I have more confidence in what I'm going to do. So there's a, a philosophy that I teach a lot about, of course, in our classes is about testing, learning and applying. And when you test in the early stages and you learn and apply, you do it on a small level. You do it where it's not going to have a tremendous impact to your business, whether it's financial or from a branding perspective, and you do it quickly. So you don't spend a lot of time, um, you know, testing something for a long time. You, you kind of have these testing sprints or these learning sprints that we call so that if something does happen, you get a sense of, you know, how you should respond or how you should apply it to your business. If it's good, then you apply it and then you keep doing more of it. If it's not, then you take those learnings, you adjust, and then you reapply it to your business based on those learnings. So I think a lot of what I've done with 37 Oaks, but even with myself tends to be along that. So I've never taken really, really big risks, which again, that could maybe be something I need to consider. Um, I take risks, but they're very calculated and they tend to be on a smaller scale. So I can't say there's been a really big costly decision. Um, so we're gonna knock on wood and hope that <laughs> that doesn't happen. But so far I can honestly say so good. There are so many brands and businesses that are dominating. Talk about a brand or business that's dominating that you admire and why? I have a, a professional crush on Amazon. Um, I know some people love it and some people don't, but the way that they have grown um, over the past couple of decades is just so strategic to me. Um, I know at first it, it, they weren't, and still to this day, a lot of their focus has really been on the customer and what does the customer need? And sometimes what the customer needed was not necessarily profitable for them. And they had such a focus and Steve Jobs, of course, um, had such a focus on the long-term vision that despite what the stock did for um, Amazon, despite what you know investors or whoever was saying uh, about the business, that didn't really bother him because he was so focused on the long-term long-term vision. And what we're seeing now is 
of course, it's paying off in a few ways. Um, there's always opportunities, but you know, not only did Amazon and the the e-commerce marketplace grow, but they've diversified. They have Amazon Fresh. They bought Whole Foods. Um, there's so many. They have their you know distribution centers. They're just really growing, and I just admire the the focus, the stability, the strategic nature of how that company grew and diversified. So that is one that I, I really keep an eye on just because I learn a lot um, from how they look at their business and grow their business. And I try to take nuggets and apply it to mine. I wanted to clarify for the audience, you said Amazon and Steve Jobs, but we are looking at Jeff Bezos, correct? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. I was thinking about yeah. Apple. Yes. It's That's Amazon. okay. I just yes. want to make sure <laughs> yes. that we are marrying the same companies together. Yes, like, we are. What? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. No worries. <laughs> um, tell me your why. Why are you an entrepreneur? I am an entrepreneur because I... Um, I really believe that based on my skill set, my personality, my experiences, my network, um, my, my passions, my purpose, that I'm the best person to do what I'm doing right now. Um, not saying that other people cannot have support or, or support these small businesses that grow, but they're going to do it in their way. So the way that I'm able to kind of manifest this talent and this combination of things that I have to support these businesses. It's just the way that we're doing it that nobody else can. So when I see how we're able to help these businesses grow um, and I see the impact of it, that's my why. Because uh, one of the things, and I always mix up this, um, this quote, but there's a quote, I think it was from Pablo Picasso. It's like the, and I'm going to have to look it up while, while I'm on the phone, but um it's basically saying that, you know, the, the purpose, uh, I think it is your purpose in life is to, um, you know, you, you look for what it is that you're good at. Like, that's something that you do in your life journey. Like, we spend our whole lives trying to figure out what it is we're good at. But once we figure out what we, we're good at, then our next purpose is to give it away. So I feel like a lot of the talent, a lot of the things that I've learned, a lot of the... Um, you know, networks that I have, I got it, but it's not necessarily for the benefit of me, it's for the benefit of others. So that's my why. That's why I wake up when I'm tired or I push through when things look crazy because it's not just for me, it's for other people. So that is definitely my why. Who are your top two influencers and what lesson do they teach you? Um, I would say uh, one of my influencers would be my mom. She's deceased now, but I, I grew up with her. She, she was a um, single mother. And um, one thing that I learned from her is you, you or anyone has a lot in you, and it's up to you to bring that out and to make sure that you reach your potential. So with her, she was a very educated woman. She had two master degrees. She was working on a doctorate. She was, you know, the, this is something that she had to push forward to do. It wasn't easy for her to do. So to watch her like persevere and just to be determined and focused in order to meet her educational goals, because that was important to her. That was something that I think I, I pulled from without even knowing at that time, but I pulled from it, especially in this journey of entrepreneurship. So just pushing through and just going. And at the end of the day, you don't want to get stagnant. Um, you don't want to just be in the same place that you were, you know, a year ago or six months ago. You want to make sure that you're progressing because why not? <laughs> I mean, there's a, there, again, there's a purpose of why you're here and it's not to just be in the same space. It's to progress in some form or fashion. So I would say that that is, um, you know, one person that I would say is, is an influencer. Um, and actually, I would say the second one would be my daughter. Funny enough, she's an 11 year old. Well, she'll be 11. And um, of course, there's a lot of influence that she has on me, of course, because we live together. But even though she's a child, you know, she does have influence. And there's certain things about her that are different than me. She's very bold. <laughs> she's very um, uh, 
she will kind of tell it like it is, which I appreciate. I'm kind of working on that a little bit. But there's certain things about that personality that although I don't have it, I cultivate that with her because I see the benefits of doing that. So because of that boldness, because of that, um, you know, that fearlessness that she has, that's starting to rub off on me a little bit. And I, I appreciate that even though she's a child, I'm open enough to learning from her and what she's doing. Again, we want to thank the audience. And if anyone has a question for Taran, just let us know. Um, we want to definitely have you engaged if that's what you like. And Taran, I think the quote was, the meaning of life is to find your gift. The purpose yes. of life is to give it away by yeah. Pablo Picasso. Yes, absolutely. That is a very favorite one. I always mix them up, but <laughs> that is a favorite one of mine because I, I truly do believe in that. That's the pillar of myself and my company. Well, thank you for sharing that. I want you to have a monologue. I want you to name this person living or not. This person has inspired you so much. What are you saying to that person and name the person? Hmm. So the, the person I would name, I think would be, um, hmm would probably be my, I think my mom again, cause she was one of the biggest influencers that I've had. Um, you know, when you're growing up as a child, you don't realize things that you do as you get older. So seeing again, the, the journey that she went through and not knowing that I was picking up these little parts and pieces of it, whether it was her, mannerisms, her behavior, her responses, um, her dedication, her characteristics, like all those things. I, I never planned to be an entrepreneur. So I didn't know that there were going to be certain skill sets that I didn't have or certain, um, call it personality traits or just things, characteristics that um, I didn't have that I was going to need because this was never on my path to success or to growth. But now as I dive into this and I get into these spaces where I'm like, I just don't know. I, I don't know. I have no idea. Don't know what to do, how to do it, how to even navigate through it. There's always something that kind of comes up in me that helps me figure it out. And it may not be something that I could just Google or watch on YouTube. Sometimes that comes from the inside. So I think all of those seeds that she planted in me as I grew up and I didn't realize it, um, a lot of them are starting to sprout and I'm thankful for that. So, you know, sometimes you just teach your children a lot of things and you just never know when, when those are going to come in, in handy for them. So I'm grateful for my upbringing, for her really raising me the way that she did, because I, I wouldn't be able to navigate this without that. What do you need right now that you don't have to move the needle forward? Um, I would say kind of, well, my team is growing. Um, you know, in order to grow, you have to have support. Um, you know, when I first started the business, I was a complete solopreneur. I didn't have any contractors. I didn't have anything. I was doing everything on my own. And now I'm fortunate enough to grow and I have a team that is, you know, supporting me so that I can focus on continuing to grow to biz the business. So I think the more that um, I'm able to focus on closing more accounts or getting more partners to support the businesses and just kind of having more services, it's going to be growing the team to support me so that I could focus on really optimizing that. So it's, it's closest to the team. If the more that they can take off my plate so I can focus on growing, the more we can grow. Looking forward, what is next and on the horizon for 37 Oaks? One thing that I'm seeing um, that we have an opportunity of being is somewhat of a one-stop shop, I'd say, ecosystem to support these businesses. Um, we start with the core of the education, the coaching the Sacconi platform, the uh, SacconiShop.com platform to support them in, you know, getting their products out there through e-commerce. 
but there's so many other things that they can use and need to be successful. And because we developed that rapport with them and we have that reputation with them, I believe that we're the ones to do that. Now, what exactly that is, I'm kind of feeling that out. Um, but each year that we've been growing, we, we add on different services. Like, for example, one right now is um, product photography services. We have them that's very affordable for our businesses. So if they're trying to do their e-commerce site and they want, you know, very professional looking images on a affordable budget, that's something that we're going to do. But we learned that, of course, in working with them and seeing that this was a need for them. So then we provided them for a service. So typically what I do is at the end of each year, I just sit down and I assess and I say, this is what we did. This is what worked. This is what didn't. And this is what else we can do. So more than likely, we'll continue adding to, to our services, to our um, courses, just to round it out so that businesses really don't have to look elsewhere in order to get all the support they need to take their business to the next level. What is the best decision you've made as a leader? The best decision that I have made as a leader, um, that's a good question. Um, I think was to be okay with letting my team do what they do. Um, I wouldn't consider myself a micromanager because I don't have the capacity to do that. But I think in going from a solopreneur to a growing team, you know, you have to think about how that impacts your your brand, like customer service or, you know, whatever they're doing, they're going to you have to trust them enough to know that their decisions or their work is going to keep the integrity of your brand together. So when I was doing it on my own, I didn't have that concern because I was the brand and I was managing it. But I think um, in finding the right type of people on your team that you can trust, and that's a process that does not happen overnight. You have to learn how to choose and identify the right people and they have to fit within your budgets and your cost structure. So there's a lot of things to, to manage there. But um, I think it's mostly about learning how to find the right people, learning how to hire the right people, learning how to manage them so that they could do what they need to do. And that was a process for me because I hadn't done it like this before. So learning how to do that effectively, I think is probably one of the best decisions because as I mentioned earlier, now I can focus on growing the business or being innovative or sales calls, things that maybe they can't do, but they but let them focus on what they can so I can focus on those other things. What have you not done in life that you dream about often that you would like to do? There's a few things. Um, and they're not business related, funny enough. Because um, business, I, I'm pretty confident that when I set certain goals about business, I, I tend to achieve them because that's just where my mind is. But personally, as I mentioned earlier in that balance, I'm getting better at that, but I'm not there. But there's a few things on the personal side, like... Um, I would love to run a marathon one day. Um, I'm starting off with the 5K and I will say um, I'm supposed to be training for that now, but we're going to put that in air quotes because <laughs> I haven't necessarily been as consistent as I need to be, but I need to get back on it because I would love to run a marathon. Um, I would love to, there's a few places I haven't traveled yet abroad that I have on my bucket list, like Thailand, I would love to go there. In South America, I haven't been there yet. Um, and Tokyo, there's a few other places. So um, a lot of it has to do with travel because I appreciate the value of travel and everything that comes with it, the learnings, the cultures. So I would say between those two things, um, those are things that I really want to, to do. And they're, they're on my list. I'm trying to focus a little bit more on them so I could do those. What feeds your soul? Progress. Um, making just progress, whatever that looks like, whether it's on the personal side, whether that's on the business side, um, emotional, financial side, health, well-being side. Um, I'm very motivated by making progress. Um, I just feel 
accomplished. I feel that momentum. I, I like moving forward. And sometimes you got to take a little step back in order to move forward. But in order to really, um, you know, feel like I'm accomplishing something, I have to set goals and I have to have deadlines and I have to push towards them. But for me, it's all about progress. I really get excited when I see even small businesses, when I work with them and the last coaching session I had with them could have been, they were stressed out borderline tears because they didn't know if they could make it. Then the next time I have a coaching session with them, they're like, I did this, I did that. And I feel better. Like for me, even that point of progress makes me feel excited. That feeds my soul. And, and I feel like I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So that's important. Taran, if you conducted this interview, what is the one question you would have asked yourself? I want you to ask the question and answer it. The one question I would have asked myself would be um, maybe is there any um, regret that I had like during this um you know, entrepreneurial journey or just in general. And one of the things that I like to just hit home about, especially when it comes to entrepreneurship, is that we're all going to make mistakes. And I think that that's a part of this. I think that when we set out on this journey, as long as we hold still with the vision of what we want this to be, the path of trying to figure out how to get there is what I call entrepreneurship. So it's not so much the the vision is an entrepreneurship, the, the journey to get there, the journey to manifest it, the journey to, you know, amplify what it is that you're, you're doing, your talents is entrepreneurship. So I, I often don't like for people to say that they have regrets because I think it's all learnings in this process. I think that's one of the, the beautiful things and sometimes terrifying things about this is that um, you have these mistakes. You have these things that you wish you would have done different and kind of beat yourself up about it. But the most important thing is to look at that as a learning experience. So the next time you do it, you're a lot stronger. You're not a lot more educated about it. So now you can do it more efficiently and more profitably even. So when it comes to regrets, um, I don't have any when it comes to uh, this journey of entrepreneurship. It's more about learnings and using that to make better decisions moving forward. We've come to the, oh, we do have, um, someone wants to ask a question, so let's take a caller. Thank you. Caller, go on and speak. Uh-oh, did we lose the caller? Okay. Yeah, nice uh, podcast and a very beautiful story uh, from Taryn. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. I wanted to ask, what has been your most challenging experience as an entrepreneur? And what steps did you take to overcome it? That's a very, thank you. Um, oh, thank you. Thank you for that question. That's a very good question. And I, I definitely appreciate that. Um, I think the most challenging um, part of entrepreneurship so far has been probably in that stage, which I would call mm, mid startup stage. So I didn't quite reach my stride of growth and I didn't just come up with the idea. I was kind of in the middle of that. And in being a single mother um, and in having this as being the sole source of income, it was really tough to maintain this um, vision of building what I was building. Because sometimes you have to have those decisions on, you know, you, you want to follow your passion, you want to follow your vision, but rent has to be paid or her tuition has to be paid or, you know, there's certain necessities in life. And I think, um, you know, for, for me, I, I tend to be very purposeful. One of the things that I'll talk about when we talk about 37 Oaks and helping these businesses is I do look at it as a ministry for me. And it's a very um, selfless type of ministry, I guess you could say as well. So despite the realities that were going on there, I kind of had to have some sort of level of faith that I was going to figure this out and that things would be okay because I'm supposed to be helping these businesses in some form or fashion. And I think, um, you know, a lot of just meditating, a lot of 
prayer, a lot of focus, a lot of um, support from others around me, just kind of helping me navigate through that stage, I think was um, helpful. So it wasn't just what I did that came from the inside to help me through, but it was also those around me that were there to support in whatever form or fashion that could be. So um, all of entrepreneurship is challenging. I think as you go get to different phases of it, you have different phases of challenges. They're going to look different, but um, you got to have some sort of um, support, not only from those around you, but also from the inside to get through it. Um, again, want to thank the audience for joining us. Is there anyone else that had a question for Taran? So we'll move into the next portion. It's called a rapid round of fun. I'm going to ask you a series of questions and I'd like you to give me very quick answers. If there's something you desire not to answer, feel free to say pass. Are you ready for the rapid round of fun? Yes, I am. Your ideal car? Some yellow Porsche convertible. <laughs> Your favorite holiday? Thanksgiving. Your favorite color? Orange. Your first job? AAA, customer service. The last movie you saw? The Bad Seed. You relax doing what? Sleeping. Your favorite singer or rapper? Biggie Small. Your favorite dance song? Murder, She Wrote. What food you eat every week no matter what? Panera Chicken Caesar Salad. Work out or hit the couch? Work out. Taran, thank you so much for joining us on Black Entrepreneur Experience Live. Before we let you go, why don't you share with our audience the best way for them to connect with you, to do business with you, and feel free to leave all your social media handles. Oh, well, thank you. And, and thank you for this opportunity. It's been a great conversation. I, I really appreciate the time. Um, you can connect with us at 37oaks.com just to learn more about the company. And our email address is info at 37oaks. So that's the number three, number seven, and then um, oaks, O-A-K-S.com. But then also, we really want you to support the businesses that are in the current FedEx e-commerce learning lab program, which are on SaconiStore.com. So, so please make sure you visit them and, and check out the wonderful products so that you can support them. And this is um, globally, regional. Anyone can reach out to 37 Oaks. It's not just based in Chicago. Correct. Okay. Thank you Correct. for that. Yes. Thank you. That's a wrap. Again, we want to thank our guests for joining us. And we look forward to you joining us again. And feel free to share so that others can join the conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's a wrap.